Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group. You can find his company at steelforge.com. If you're looking for industrial open die forgings or custom shapes for machinery, the defense industry, aerospace, and many other industrial uses. And joining us on this conversation today is Harry Moser, who is president and founder of the Reshoring Initiative, which is incredibly important because bringing back to the United States is what we want to be involved with. So thank you, Harry, for joining us. Thanks, Tim and Lou. Good, good to be back. So today, today is, I'm sorry, Tim, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask Harry the question because we talked about uh, in a series that we did for them previously, and yeah. this is follow-up part two to that, uh, is reshoring really happening, and particularly in the United States? And the answer is yes, in fact, it is. So what are the obstacles, Harry? What do we have to overcome in order to really accelerate it and make it happen other than having another pandemic? <laughs> Uh, for years, we've said that the main uh, actions that should be taken are first skilled workforce to get many more and many higher caliber students better trained as toolmakers, welders, precision machinists, electronics, etc. Uh, so skilled workforce, always number one. Uh, number two, get the dollar down by 20 or 30 percent to make U.S. pricing more competitive. Uh, keep the corporate tax rate from going up so the after-tax return on investing in the U.S. stays competitive and uh, having a value-added tax, which for almost every other country uh, has a 15% tax on our products when they co come into their country, and, and the company that exports to here gets a 15% tax credit to subsidize its exports. We don't do either of those things. So we're, we're, we're sort of fighting with you know both hands tied behind our back. So those, those are the four things I, I'd advocate. And, and, and if we do those things, then I'm convinced that the companies will be busy enough that they'll spend the money on the skilled workforce, they'll spend the money on automation and productivity, our competitiveness will go up and, and we'll regain, we'll become the industrial Goliath of the world again, which is a lot more fun. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I, Harry, I, I don't know that I have ever heard the United States Congress, a senator, uh, an elected representative talk about a VAT tax, which is the value added tax you mentioned. Have you heard that conversation taking place in any smoke filled back rooms? Well, well in 2017, uh, Brady from uh, Texas, who put together the Republican bill, was strongly in favor of a border adjustment tax, a BAT, which is essentially a, a simplified version of a VAT. And, and it was rejected. And it's always been rejected because the Republicans hate every tax and don't want any taxes raised. And it's once you get it, all the other countries, they start with 5% and then it's 7, 10, 15, 20, it goes up really easily. Okay. And and so the, uh, the Republicans hate that, and the Democrats hate it because it raises, the, it, it, if you don't do it right, it raises the cost of living, and therefore it's regressive because the lower income people, it takes a higher share of their earnings. And so each side is against it, but, but increasingly economists, 
are saying it's necessary and needs to be done. What's happened is the other countries have reduced their corporate income taxes and, and pushed the tax burden over on, onto the citizens. And so therefore, country, companies from the US move to places like Ireland that have a 5% tax rate instead of our 21 now used to be 35%. And so, we, so these other countries have manipulated or modified their taxes, refined their taxes to, to, to bring the companies and the factories there and we haven't acted significantly to do that. So, you know, either it, I hope we do it. <laughs> well, they would they would rather charge the American public twenty five percent import tariff duties uh, yeah. as opposed to the opposing country, which yeah. is what our U.S. tariffs are all about right now. Uh, you know, you bring up uh, a series of uh, interesting points. Uh, I would like to uh, also talk about, you know, going back to part one of our series with you, is about the shortage of labor here in the U.S. and how that impacts bringing back or not bringing back jobs to America. Okay, a couple of things on that. First. Um, Surveys of companies and site selectors say that skilled workforce availability is the number one criterion for where companies place a factory, place anything, but especially a factory. And so cl clearly it's important. And, and for, for 30 or 40 years, the U.S. has, been, has had shortages of skilled workers, precision machinists, welders, tool makers, et cetera. We, we have not done a good job of training them in comparison to say Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Japan, places, China, places like that. So traditionally we have not done a real good job. And, and, and so Ed, that certainly has hurt the flow of work back. Um, but, but there's some, there's some good news, I think. And that is uh, the U.S. is doing a better job. I read about new apprentice programs starting all the time high schools and community colleges starting up advanced manufacturing programs. So, so I, I see it happening. I, you know, I think of, we used to be a two and Germany was a 10. And I think we've come up to be a three, maybe <laughs> a four, you know, yeah. And, and wow, Germany, that's big. Okay, well, it's better. And Germany has fallen off from being a 10 to being a, maybe an eight. So in, in, in Germany, in most of the countries, it's harder to get the kids to go into manufacturing. I, I, I used to be uh, on the board of ISTMA, International Special Tooling and Machining Association. And we had a meeting somewhere, France, Germany, somewhere. And country after country got up and said, we can't get the kids to go into manufacturing anymore. They all want to go to university and become talk show hosts or, you know, sociologists or philosophers or something like that. And they, they, they don't, they're not hungry as they used to be where I'm, where I'm in a manufacturing job sounded great. I even read an article about a month ago, a Chinese business owner saying the Chinese kids will not work in manufacturing anymore. They all want to go to university and do whatever. See? So <laughs> it's a disease that's, it's another pandemic all over the world. And, and we caught the disease, in this case, we caught the disease first 40 years ago. And we're starting to come out of it because families are starting to understand that, that the incomes are about the same to apprenticeship toolmaker graduate compared to most like liberal arts, certainly 
degrees and and you don't have the debt and you start making money at the age of you know right out of high school and so the 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 future the net value of all the incomes is better for that toolmaker than it is for say the english major and so we um i think pe people are starting to understand that and, and like one example that i always give i was speaking at university of wisconsin in platteville wisconsin and there was somebody there from Milwaukee Area Technical College, very big community college. And he was very proud of the fact that his community college was the second largest graduate school in, in Wisconsin. And normally graduate schools teach graduate degrees. But he said, the only Madison, the, the main campus of the University of Wisconsin, has had more people who already had a bachelor's degree because thousands of people were coming back with bachelor's degree in liberal arts subjects to get a technical degree at Milwaukee Area Technical College so they could get a job and make an income and pay off their college mm -hmm. debt. <laughs> so, that, so that tells me that the American people are starting to wise up and, and see that what, what you and I recommend, have been recommending for decades, is, is, the, is a very good choice for many people. Uh, I don't know if you know the name uh, Richard Wolff. Uh, Richard Wolff is a rather well-known, famous, progressive economist, socialist bordering on communist. Okay. And if you look up uh, Richard Wolff, you get some interesting insight into how this country began as you know a village and then it became a village plus a community and a town councilor and so on and so forth. Until now, we have two parties, maybe three or four minor ones, uh, one Democrat, one Republican, and one is uh, 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 an oligarch, uh, oligarchy, and the other <laughs> authoritarian, uh, authoritarian. And the story about what's happening right now is the fight between these two concepts having nothing to do with anything we just talked about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. what, one thing I wanted to, uh, so I don't forget, uh, I believe manufacturing is a great career, a wonderful career. So I wanted to show off my t-shirt here, which says, manufacturing is cool. Okay, so this is a message to all the people out there that when they, that when they're trying to figure out what career they want or what their kids should go after, Manufacturing is cool. It's neat to actually make things, to be responsible for making something right, to be able to hold it in your hand and say, I, I made that, or I helped make that, I programmed it, I did something. So so uh, uh, I just wanted to leave that message with the audience. Well, well here, I, I think it's a powerful point. Uh, you brought up a couple of things that were very interesting uh, so far. One of the things you mentioned is this taxing disparity where Ireland has a 5% corporate tax. We have a 21, probably going up corporate tax. Uh, so we are penalizing corporations who are really trying to grow their business so they can hire more people to create more things because there is lots of demand out there. I'm not sure, however, we're going to accomplish that in the near term. And we could still see a penalty against nearshoring because of it. I don't want to see the corporate tax rate go up. Uh, the Democrats have the majority, therefore they 
you know, more or less call the shot, but with a sort of not, not too efficiently. Um, if I had my choice, uh, I could live with a 25% tax rate if we got the dollar down by 20%. It would have much more benefit in terms of our competitiveness. But but I but it's finally it's a mistake because once you raise the taxes to 25, then companies are going to say, huh, I, I'm going to build a factory for 20 years use. Maybe they're going to go to 30 or 35 or 40. Whereas so I I would discourage raising it at all from where we are. In fact, in fact, I've been recommending that we should take the corporate tax rate as low as zero and look at how much tax revenue is lost. It's a it's a couple hundred billion dollars a year. It's that, it's that kind of a number, 200, 300 billion, and then raise the taxes on the rich. In other words, on people that make more than any of us do and recover all that tax from those rich people because they're the ones that are going to benefit from the corporations not paying any income tax. They're going to have higher value stock, dividends, buybacks, etc. So instead of taxing companies that have a choice of where to put their factories, tax people, rich people, who generally speaking will not leave the country. They won't move to Switzerland or the Cayman Islands or somewhere to avoid the tax. So I, I think there's more efficient ways to organize the tax system so that you maximize manufacturing in the United States. Uh, the Pandora Papers of this past week would indicate that there's a lot of money offshore from not too many people. Mm -hmm. No I, question. Yeah. I think it's about 330 billionaires with major off, offshore accounts. But that being said, uh, you know, we, we have a bit of limited time and I did want to touch on uh, how we are going to fix some of the things uh, that we've been talking about. Uh, uh, namely, uh, and, and a big problem, of course, is the uh, worker shortage. Uh, we're talking about uh, where, where have all the truck drivers gone? Where have the trucks gone? Where have the containers gone? How, how are we going to fix all this? And uh, uh, Harry, you know, give it a shot. Okay, I, I can deal mainly with manufacturing. And there's a, unfortunately, there's like a cap on manufacturing wages, uh, because we have to compete with the Chinese, the Indians, the Mexicans, if, if we if we're not reasonably price competitive, people, everything will be bought over there and shipped here. And, and so, uh, so to allow wages to go up in manufacturing, which is what you need to do to attract more people into manufacturing, <laughs> one, one thing you need to do. Um, I go back to what I said before about uh, uh, lowering the dollar, doing uh, value-added tax, et cetera, because that will that way with the dollar down, we can afford to people to pay more dollars and have still have the same cost expressed in euros or in yuan or yen or something like that. Okay, that's first thing. Second, uh, it's important to uh, publicize the successes that have been achieved with reshoring. For example, going from having accumulated a million jobs announced in the last 10 years, so that because one reason students, guidance counselors don't think manufacturing careers are good careers, because they've seen the shop, you know, the factory in town shut down and the work goes some other country and, and people on opioids and depressed and, 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 and manufacturing for many people had a miserable experience because they lost their careers. And if we can show and document and publicize that it's coming back. It's not going to China anymore. It's coming back from China. Then it's going to be easier to convince the, the, a smart high school kid and a guidance counselor 
to say, yes, Susie, you want to become a welder, become a welder. It's a good career once again. So do you, do you think that the government is doing their share of getting the story out about reshoring? Um, uh, on, on mainstream, not yeah. these isolated schools. And yeah, I, I'd say uh, Trump and, Ob and uh, Biden both talk a lot about bringing back manufacturing. They, they don't often say the word reshoring. They talk about bringing it back, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think there is one very important role the government can take. And I so I'll tell you a story. I was in the about eight years ago, the Labor Department invited me down to tell them how to get the workforce ready for reshoring. Exactly what we're talking about. And I'm in the Secretary of Labor's conference room, and I stood up and said, well, first, the department has to stop being part of the problem and become part of the solution. And they said, okay, well, what do you got? And, and so I pulled up their website, and it's something you've seen a hundred times. It's a bar chart, and it shows Number, degree level, no high school, high school, community college, uh, four year, master's, PhD, and says income goes up with uh, number of degrees. And I said, you know, I thought the Department of Labor was responsible for the workforce and responsible for the apprentice program. Why don't we have in here right next to bachelor's degree? Why don't we have the average income of people who've passed an apprenticeship? And so the high school guidance counselor, the teacher, the family, the reporter can say, huh, interesting. You don't have to go to university. You can just get a lot of training and you can make just as good money. And, and, and they folded immediately and they more or less did what I wanted on that one chart. But I've gone back and there's another 10 charts that have the old format. And, I'm, and, and so I'm calling on the Labor Department and the Education Department once again. I'm willing to audit your entire website and point out <laughs> where you can do a better job of promoting skilled workforce in America. Harry Moser, give me a call. And with that, give us your URL and your email address. Okay. So it's www.reshorenow.org and it's harry.moser at reshorenow.org. Well, Harry, that's uh, an interesting point that uh, they should adjust their data, and I agree. Um, and I'm also glad that you're pointing out uh, repeatedly about these uh, technical college degrees. I think a lot of the younger generation right now wants to be the next uh, YouTube star, uh, TikTok maven, whatever it is in the digital world as they sit in their parents' basement in their pajamas uh, and they're in, now in their 30s, but they could still be in their 20s. And there's a better life out there. Yes, you got to go to work. Yes, you've got, but there's so much value in that going to work and producing something of value. Uh, and if on the side you can make your YouTube channel fly, <laughs> great. But I wouldn't put all of my ponies, uh, all my bets on that one pony. I'm not sure it's going to finish. Well, supporting that, uh, the Chinese, what, a couple of weeks ago, uh, mandated that, that youth could not spend more than three hours a week on social media because <laughs> they, they wanted them to do something productive and beneficial instead of, you know, what, what, what we're letting our kids do. One thing I wanted to make sure we got in, um, in, in terms of generally uh, supporting reshoring and making it happen, uh, we offer several tools that the companies can use. We have the TCO, Total Cost of Ownership Estimator, free online on the website. And companies can go in and say, huh, I can get it in China for whatever, eight US for 10. Of course, I'll get it in China. But no, 
using the TCO estimator adds in duty freight, packaging, carrying cost of inventory, risk of stocking out, et cetera, et cetera. And now all of a sudden it's clear 10 is better than eight. So we encourage companies to go on and use that either as a, um, a sourcing decision tool, a purchasing tool, or as a sales tool to convince their customer to buy from them instead of continuing to buy from offshore. Okay. Then we offer the import substitution program where a company can put up a product. I'm really good at making these pump, fan, shaft, something. And then we'll train them on the TCO estimator and then identify, we'll give them a list of the biggest companies that are importing the things they're good at making, what tonnage each is bringing in, roughly what they're paying for it, whom they're buying it from offshore. And then the, the company goes, uses the TCO estimator to convince that importer to buy from them instead. Okay, so we can provide wow. the leads and the tools to bring it back. So everybody who's listening out there, looking out there, uh, go online. It's all on the website. And if you can't figure it out, then you, you email me and we help you. Because my, my goal is 5 million jobs and we've got uh, 4 million more to bring back. <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing program. I, now I understand why you're so busy. <laughs> By the way, I'm kind of curious uh, as we wind down uh, our discussion. Kind of curious about the gentleman, the the uh, founder look behind your right shoulder. Oh well, on my on this shoulder over here, that's yeah. a, a Swedish uncle that I never met, and this one over here is my uh, English uh, grandfather, who. Uh, worked for the local gas company, started at 17 as a plumber, retired as a uh, board of directors, secretary of the corporation at 83. So 66 years working for the same company. That's a, uh, that's a goal. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Well, I only have six more years to go then. <laughs> so I, I'm going to beat all you. Uh, <laughs> All right, this is uh, terrific. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, your input, and uh, there aren't many people that know your stuff. So I want to thank you for that. No, I'm I'm honored I'm honored to be here again, and you know, uh, a year from now we should uh, come up with what's new and do it again. It won't be Deb. that long, I assure you. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Harry, yes, thank you for being with us. And uh, offline, we would like to have a conversation with you about the monthly uh, publication we put out called Manufacturing Outlook. I think there's some opportunity for us to work together there as well. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Great. Hey. Thanks, guys. Bye, Harry. And I want to remind everyone to check us out at jacketmediaco.com, where you can find links to all of the podcasts that we produce. We're looking at ways to bring on lots of new podcasts, particularly in the manufacturing space, but in other interests as well. And we thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.